Welcome everybody to uh, December 31st. Man, the year went by fast. I say that every year. The older I get, the faster the year goes by. Anybody else experience that? But it's crazy because the longer my days are, but the faster the year goes by. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. My name is Marcus, campus pastor at the Rock Church, Point Loma. If you're new here today, welcome. If this is your home church today, welcome, welcome. If you're watching online, welcome. And the, uh, the microsites as well, welcome throughout San Diego. It's so cool. We have microsites right now in San Diego and also in, in Tijuana watching the message as well. And also I want to say amen, amen, amen. I always want to visit the microsite in Tijuana because they got the best street tacos for sure. Like if they don't get those right, nobody does. Uh, but Pastor Miles sends his love. He says hello. He'll be back next week. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's going to be awesome. He's got some, some fresh and fresh word from the Lord up above. He's going to start a series on, on, on prayer. And also we'll be entering our season of fasting as well as we get into the new year. So don't miss next week as Pastor Miles returns. We're going to have a, a great time when he returns. But this is the, the, the part of the year, right? December 31st, I know you guys are all doing your, you're reflecting on the year. Can I hear amen? Right, and you're taking a look at your year and, and you're, you're planning for the next year as well. And, and New Year's resolutions always, always come into play. You know, and even if your resolution is not to make a resolution, right, it's still your resolution. And, and I was taking a look at some of the New Year's resolutions, and they really don't change too much. But what's the number one New Year's resolution? What do you guys think it is? Right, right, lose weight, lose weight. Yeah, yeah. I always, I always, I always reverse it. I always go like, don't gain more than 15 pounds. So I'm good. I got, I got, I got seven pounds tonight to go. Right, the focus on. Um, but yeah, as we're reflecting upon our new year, I want to talk to us. Today the message is going to be how, how to run the race. And when I say run the race, it's about how we live our life. So the title of today's message is how to run the race. And I'm going to share with you guys three ways that God wants us to run the race. Right, And so our year this year, as we're reflecting upon the race we ran this year, as we're looking upon next year as well, right, you're taking a resolution, make more money, right, uh, travel more, lose weight, right, get a promotion, buy some Bitcoin. That was last year. That was last year's. Missed out on that one. Missed out on that one. Uh, but as you're, as you're getting together, you know, we want to have success Right? We want to have success in our upcoming year. And, and, and so today we want to talk about how to have success, how to, how to run that race, how to run that race successfully. We're going to be in the, the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews 12.1. And Hebrews is at the latter part of the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. If you guys want to, want to take some time and get to that part of your Bible, Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 1 and 2. Let's, let's jump into that right away. I'll give you guys another minute there. Hebrews, which is right before James and right before the latter part of the Bible, First and Second Peter. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Follow along with me. It says this, therefore. Everybody say, therefore. therefore. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. 
Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 tells us about how to run the race. Now, I haven't run a race in a long time, right? But I remember when I used to run, I used to have to prepare for that race. And I remember getting in shape. And when I, when I played football for San Diego State back in the old days, um, back in 90, 90 through 94, um, getting ready for camp, man, it was, it was stressful. And getting in there and running and getting in shape. And you wanted to get rid of every single ounce of fat and everything that was not necessary to run that race. And that's what Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 is telling us. It's giving a metaphor for this life, running the race. A metaphor for the year that happened, running the race. A metaphor for the year that's coming, running the race. And I know we all want to be successful. Can I hear amen? Amen. We all want to be successful. And today I'm going to talk about three things that are going to guarantee that you're successful running that race. But here's the deal. The way the Lord defines success is often different from how we define success. Because the way we define success, right, to reflect on your year, you take a look at your bank account, right? You take a look at how much money that you make, and there's nothing wrong with that, making more money, and I want to I make more money in the following year. There's nothing wrong with that. And how did your relationships go, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I want my relationships to thrive. And, and how is your health? And I want to be as, as, as healthy as I can be in the, in the upcoming year. But you know what? Those are the ways that typically we define how successful we are as humans, But I want to pose to you that God views your success way different than you view the success. And we're going to jump into that in a moment. But we really take a look at our results, right? We're very results-driven, reflecting on our year, what are our results going to be? Taking a look at the year to come, what are our results going to be? And in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it tells us, hey, you know what? Let's run this race, but it gives us some clues. It gives us some ways to make sure we run the race right. But here's the deal. It starts off with therefore. Everybody say therefore. therefore. Everybody say therefore. therefore. So Hebrews 12, 1 says Therefore. But we need to understand what that therefore means, right? And to understand what that therefore means, we have to understand Hebrews 11. And we're not going to take the time to read all of Hebrews 11, so I'm just going to skim over it real quick. The book of Hebrews was written, the author is unknown, but the author wrote it to the Jewish believers, right? That's why the book is called Hebrews, Right? So that was the audience that he was writing it to. And the whole point of the book, if you read the whole book of Hebrews, the author was trying to express and explain the superiority of Jesus Christ as opposed to their traditions and what they had known. Because a lot of the Jewish believers were so caught up in their traditions and so caught up in the Old Testament and so caught up in not understanding who Jesus was. And so the writer was expressing to them that Jesus is actually the fulfillment of this book. Actually, Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So he's expressing that in the book of Hebrews. In the chapter 11, he uses iconic figures that he knows all of them would know. Because since they're Hebrews, since they're Jewish people, they know their history. They know their roots. And he starts telling stories about Moses. He starts telling stories about Abraham. He starts telling stories about Joseph, about Jacob, about Rahab, about Samson. Because he knows when he tells those stories of those names, he knows they know who they are. 
is he expressing to them how important it is for them to have faith and what they accomplish through faith and through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what he's expressing in Hebrews. And in Hebrews, he's talking about this great crowd, this great group of people. And that's why the therefore is, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. That's what he's talking about. He says, all these great people of faith are witnesses and they're watching. And when these people thought of Moses, when these people thought of Abraham, when these people thought of David, when these people thought of Joseph, when these people thought of Samson, they thought of, wow, great men and women of God, right? And the amazing successes that they had. The amazing stories that they had, the amazing miracles that they had. As a matter of fact, if we take a look, you guys don't have to go there, but I'm going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to take a look at verse 30. It says this, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell at the people had marched around them for seven days. They know this story. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have the time to tell you about Gideon, about Barak, about Samson, about Jephthah, about David, about Samuel, and all the prophets who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword. Listen to all these miracle guys whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Listen to this, verse 35. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Wow, he goes over all these amazing, powerful victories, successful, amazing events that these people of faith experienced. I don't know about you, but I want those experiences in my life. Right? I want those experiences to say, man, Lord, I remembered when I had that big wall and by worshiping you, all the wall came down. Lord, I remember when I was against the enemy and I went against them through your power and the enemy fell down and I captured your kingdom. Lord, I remember when I needed that breakthrough in a relationship. Lord, I remember when I needed that breakthrough financially. I remember when you came and you made it successful. Lord, I remember when something was dead or someone was dead in my life and through your power, you resurrected. And that's what they experience. And that's exciting. Can I hear amen? amen? Yeah, but here's the other side of the coin. The author continues on and he starts laying out how amazing the experiences that these people of faith have. And as we look upon our, on our year, often we like to do that, right? Where were the miracles? Where were the victories? Where was the amazing times? And there's nothing wrong with that. And I want more of them. And now the Lord can do that. But let's take a look at what else he expressed at some of these great people of faith. Some of these great men and women of God who are chronicled in history. Let's take a look at what else they, they experienced. 36 says this. Some faced jeers and flogging, whilst others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. 
The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that these great men and women of God, these great women of God that are in the Bible, that he is celebrating their amazing, amazing faith. You mean to tell me that they went through hard times too? Wow. Absolutely. Not only hard times, they said they were flogged. Right? They said that they were beaten. They said that some of them were sawed in two. Wow. I don't want us to get caught up when we, when we take a look at our year, when we take a look at our life and take a look at our results. And because our results aren't ones that on paper look super exciting, to think that we were not successful. To think that because we did not become rich, we were not successful. To think because this didn't happen, we were not successful. But because indeed it's highlighting not only the amazing miracles that these people of God experience, but it's also highlighting the reality of living in this world. The reality of pain. Who's experienced pain this year? Who's experienced sorrow this year? Who's experienced loss this year? You're in good company. Right? And the world wants you to judge this year by checking the boxes to see how amazing the things were. And that's great and I'm all for it. Can I hear amen? But don't think, don't think that those are how God views you. Let me tell you why. Because the way God views these people who were killed, sawed in two and they were uh, uh, caught and imprisoned, he sees them as heroes. I'll take it a step further. The 12 disciples, we know that one of those disciples betrayed the Lord. One of the disciples betrayed the Lord, Judas. There was 12, there was 11 left. Out of the 11 disciples that were left, guys, out of the 11 that were left, 10 of those 11, 10 of them died martyrs' deaths. Wow. Wait, wait, if anybody knew God, if anybody knew Jesus, it was his disciples. Can I hear amen? amen. If anybody should experience the, 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 the blessings that comes from following Jesus, if anybody should experience the abundance in following Jesus, it should be these people right here. Yet 10 of the 11, my friends, died martyrs' deaths. How would they view their life? As a success or as a failure? How would we view their lives, people that died young for their faith, as a success or as a failure? I'll tell you what, Jesus and God views their lives as incredibly successful and as rocks on which he built his kingdom. Amen. Then, then, as if that's not bad enough, we take a look at his cousin John. John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus. John the Baptist came at a time where there was about 350 to 400 years of silence, of people that were not hearing from God. There was no prophets for about 400 years. Then came John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist was born a little bit prior to Jesus and was telling people, hey, guys, get right. Repent. The Messiah is coming. Remember, this is about 400 years since people haven't heard from God. 
What did they think John the Baptist was when he came talking about repenting? On top of that, John the Baptist looked crazy, right? He wore a camel hair suit, right? His hair was all crazy, ate, ate locusts, wild honey. I'm sure he had honey all over his beard. Hair was all disheveled. He didn't have no home. He lived in caves, and he came out of the wilderness. The Bible said he was a voice in the wilderness. He came out of the wilderness looking like that, telling people, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. They're like, what are you talking about? Right? John the Baptist was Jesus' blood. John the Baptist witnessed Jesus' miracles. Jesus walked on water. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus healed the blind. Jesus healed the lame. John the Baptist saw that it was his family member. John the Baptist baptized Jesus, saw heaven open up. A dove came out of heaven and said, this is my son in which I am well pleased. It was the voice of God. John the Baptist witnessed all that. And let me tell you what. John the Baptist, if we looked at him... This is what we would say. Died at 31, 32. Eh. Didn't accomplish much. I wasn't even married. Didn't have no real job. Looked crazy. Stanky breath. Homeless. Lived in the woods. Ended up in jail. Ended up in jail. As a matter of fact, not only did he end up in jail, but he ended up decapitated. If I were to tell you who that guy was or, or was he successful, one thing would come to our minds basically, loser. Wouldn't it? If I tell you about this guy, not married, no job, people thought he was crazy, homeless, ended up in jail and died while he was in jail at 32 years old. What kind of life in that? But listen to how Jesus, Jesus says this about John the Baptist. Please listen up. This is very, success, this is very important. Jesus says this about John the Baptist. Out of all men born of women, no one was greater. What? Why? What? What? He died young, Jesus. He didn't have no woman, Lord. He didn't have no home. He was broke and stanky. No one was greater? No. Because the way we view success is different from the way God views success. And this is how God views success. Are you obedient? That's it. That's it. Are you obedient? John the Baptist, above all, was obedient. John the Baptist, above all, was faithful. And as you're reflecting upon your life, as you're taking a look at 2017, as you're taking a look at 2018, you don't know how successful you're going to be financially. You don't know what's going to happen with your relationships. You don't know what's going to happen with your health. You can't control a lot of that. But this is what you can control. We can all control our faithfulness and our obedience. Can I hear amen? Amen. And so God, the 12.1 tells us how to run this race, right? It says, therefore, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles us. You guys, in this life, we carry around so much. And the Bible wants us to throw that off. Jesus wants us to throw that off. The first point today of how to run the race. Everybody say how to run the race. The first point is this. Run your race with freedom. You see, it says all these, these, the things that weigh us down and ascend and entangles us. And, you know, we've got all these things in our life, right? We have past relationships that are heavy. Can I hear amen? That hurt us. We, we have fail, failures. 
We have failures, failed businesses, failed relationships, uh, uh, failed studies, right? Failed careers. Oh, man. We've got addictions, right? Sin, right? Uh, uh, doing what we're not supposed to do that weighs us down. We have sadness, right? We have all these things that life brings to you that, you know what? If you carry them around, it just weighs you, weighs you down. And eventually, life is so heavy. Life is so difficult. And you know what we do? We take this heaviness and we carry around our back. And we carry around our sin. And we carry around our failure. And we carry around our pain. And we carry around our loss. And the Bible says we need to run the race. And, you know, I'm running the race and I'm in the race. But you know what? I'm sure not faring that well. And this race sure is heavy. You know why? Because all the stuff that I put in here is stuff that I put in here. None of this is from the Lord. And yet I'm carrying on going by my life day by day, just getting through and struggling. And the Bible says, look, as you're running this race, right, this is what you need to do. You need to throw off everything, everything that hinders you and all the sin that entangles you, right? And then that way I can take that stuff and the Lord wants me to take this bag and this pain and this sorrow and this shame and easily take it off and just give it to him and rest it at his feet. And now I've got freedom. Now I am free. Amen, amen. You know, so the first way we run our race is with freedom. Everybody say with freedom. The next one as we read that verse, right, it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Right? The fixing our eyes on Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. You say Jesus. Jesus. It says fix our eyes on Jesus. This is how we want our race. The second point. We run our race with focus. Everybody say with focus. Everybody say with focus. Right? First we need to have freedom. Right? First we need to get rid of all these sin and all these pains and all this difficulty and baggage and junk that life gives us and take it away, take it off and give it to the Lord. We need to run free. Then we need to run with focus. And we focus on the Lord, right? All laser is, all a laser is, is focused light. Focused, focused light. You, fo you focus all those light particles into one and it just can do so much damage because it's so focused. And God wants us to be focused on him. If you've ever seen, if you've ever seen horse, horse racers, her, her, race horses, you see them with blinders. You see them blinders because those jockeys and their owners, they know if they give them all the periphery of vision and they focus on all the distractions around them, those horses will not win the race. Likewise, us as believers, you guys, if we focus on all the distractions, all the difficulties, all the things that the world's trying to tell us, all the Facebook, all the Twitter, all the stuff, all the news, all the fake news, all the real news, right? What's Bitcoin doing today? Oh my gosh, I should have bought it years ago, you know, you focus on all that, you, you're so distracted. Can you hear amen? That tells us here, fixing our eyes on Jesus. You know, it's amazing. It tells us in the book of Matthew, for us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto us. What are all these things? It says, look, I know you need food. 
I know you need clothing. I know you need whatever that need is in your life. I know you need relationship. I know you need career. I know you need finances. I know you need breakthrough. But I can search my life trying to get breakthrough and not focus on the Lord or trying to get a career and not focus on the Lord or trying to stabilize that relationship. And they're all distractions. When the Lord says this, Marcus, seek me first. Seek me first. And as you chase after me, I miraculously going to align all those things that you need and put it in your path along the way as you focus on me. And that's what the Lord wants from us as we run this race. Amen. So it tells us, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The pioneer and perfecter of faith. Here's our third one. The way we run our race is, let me say, with faith. Let me say, with faith. The first one's with freedom. Say with freedom. freedom. Then say with focus. Then say with faith. Oh, we need faith. We need faith. Chapter 11, I encourage you later on today, go read chapter 11. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it says all these amazing things and all these difficult things. And like I said, we judge our success by results. God will judge your success by your obedience. And as you're reflecting on 2017, setting up for 2018, I encourage you, focus, ask yourself this question, are you obedient? Because you can control that. And the last one, with faith, we have to have faith in Jesus Christ, who is the author of our faith, the perfecter of our faith. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. And if you read chapter 11, it says the word by faith 18 times. And it says this, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Rahab, by faith, Moses, by faith, Samson, by faith. And it talks about all these amazing things that were accomplished by faith. Here's my question I pose to us today. For 2018, what's the by faith insert your name? What's it going to say? By faith, Marcus, because if I did it on my own, I don't need God. There are some things that God can only do for you. What's it going to say? By faith, Chris, what? By faith, Stacy, what? By faith, Andrew, what? By faith, insert your name, what's it going to look like for 2018? God wants to do something amazing, Right? And but that amazingness, guys, the most amazing thing is for you to fall in love and follow after Jesus. Because your results oftentimes are not left up to you. The results oftentimes are left up circumstances. Right? Sometimes it worked out great. Sometimes it worked out bad. Sometimes you get sick. Sometimes you're very healthy. You know what? You don't have control over a lot of that. But by faith. God wants you to have a great successful year, just like John the Baptist did on paper, look like he was a nothing. And on paper, you may look like you're a nothing. You know what? You may feel like you're a nothing because often our feelings aren't what's true. But according to Jesus Christ, he was the greatest man that ever lived because of his by faith. You know, yesterday I was at a memorial service. And it was uh, Keith Dillon who, who worked here. He worked in our stewardship team. Awesome man of God. 
survived by his beautiful wife and his three healthy, strong, young men, young boys. You know, it was, it was a very uh, good reminder, a good reflection upon life as we do that this time of year, right? And, 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 and on the front of the memorial service uh, bulletin, it had his name, a picture of him, and it had 1958-2017. He had no control over that first number, the 1958. He was simply born. I have no control over my first number. I was simply born. The second number, 2017, you know what? He fought against it. We prayed against it. But you know what? He went to be with the Lord in 2017. He didn't have control over that number either. Let me tell you where Keith had control over. He had control over the dash. The dash. What is your dash going to look like? What is your dash for 2018 going to look like? I don't know, but I can tell you this, that if that dash is full of you saying, yes, God, of you being faithful, of you trusting God, no matter what their circumstances is, that dash, I guaranteed, is going to change people's lives. And that dash is going to change the world. And that's what the Lord wants us today, to run our race, to run our race with freedom, to run our race with focus on Jesus and to run our race with faith. And before we leave, we're just going to give a chance. You know what? The New Year's right around the corner. 2018's coming tonight. And we're going to give a chance for everybody to start that new year off right and to start to work on that dash and to say, you know what? I want to put my trust in Jesus. I want to leave my results up to God. And I want today to establish or reestablish a real relationship with Jesus Christ to run my race right. Don't leave without taking that opportunity to do it right. If everybody could bow their heads and close their eyes. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you today want to say, you know what, Pastor Marcus, I need Lord and I need God in my life. I, I, I'm running a race, but I don't know what race it is. I'm just running ragged. I'm running to the left, running to the right. And you know what? I need to run my race with freedom. The first way I can do that is by getting rid of all this baggage, this pain, this sorrow, this abuse, this corruption, these addictions that I need to give to the Lord. It's too heavy for me. I want to get things right. Now I want to work on that dash. If that's you here today and you want to make a decision for the Lord today to invite Christ in your heart, it's very simple. It's not complicated. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. In the privacy of your heart, I'm going to ask you just to repeat this prayer. Say, dear God, I want to give my life to you. Please forgive me. I want to be made new. I've had my doubts, I've had my concerns, but I need you. Make me new, come save me. I wanna be your child and I need you to be my God. If that's you today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, in a couple, in about a minute here, we're gonna ask you to stand up on the count of three, but I'll encourage you, you know what? I know that God is speaking to you today. 
And I want to encourage you, when I ask you to stand up, stand up. Don't listen to that voice on the side of your shoulder saying, you know what, it's not necessary. I don't need to do it. It's not real. Don't listen to that voice. Listen to the voice that says, I love you. I want to receive your burdens. I want to make you new. And you know what, if you can't make a stand for faith in God's house where you'll be celebrated, you know what, it's going to be very difficult to make a stand for God outside of these walls. So finish this year off right and start the next year off right and work on that dash like you've never worked before by trusting God. If that's you, you've prayed that prayer, you want to make that decision on a count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. So get your legs ready, get your heart ready on a count of three, stand up. One, two, three, stand up. Amen. Keep standing. Amen. Amen. Stay standing. Stay standing. Amen. Stay standing. Amen. We see you. We see you. Amen. Who else today wants to make that decision? Stay standing. Stay standing. Amen. Amen. We see you. Amen. Stay standing. Amen. 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 What we're going to do too as we continue to clap for you, come out of your aisles. Come forward. We're just going to celebrate you and pray for you. So if you're standing up, just come on forward. Celebrate them forward as we pray for them. Don't be nervous. Don't be shy. Just come on forward. You can walk on the aisles. Come on forward if you stood up. We're just going to give you some resources and celebrate you. Amen. Let's celebrate them the whole way, guys. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Come on down. We're just going to pray for you and thank the Lord for you. Amen. Amen. Come on forward. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Stay there. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there. Come on over here. Amen. Amen. Let's celebrate them. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 Come on down. Come on down. Amen. Amen. God bless you. 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 Amen. 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 God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 We still have people coming forward. We ask that you don't leave just yet. If you're new here, we're about to close up, but let's respect this moment in their lives. Amen. 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 This is time to celebrate. Amen. 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 Feel free to have a seat. God bless you. God bless you. And as I encourage you guys and encourage you guys as well, you know, John the Baptist, Jesus' very cousin, you know, he, he, was, he, he was concerned because he knew he was going to be beheaded. He found himself in prison. And even though he saw Jesus do all these amazing things, he said to his disciples, because he had disciples too, he said, can you guys go double check with Jesus? Why? Because I'm about to be beheaded here, and I just want to make sure he is who he said he is. So John the Baptist, during that time, even though he experienced and saw those miracles, he still had that ounce of man, I'm just not too sure, until he sent his disciples out. And he says, go ask Jesus, do me a favor, just go ask Jesus, double check, make sure he is who he said he is. Amen, amen. Yes, amen. So, his boys get to Jesus, and Jesus goes, yeah, yeah, tell him I'm the one. Tell him I'm the one. Tell him don't trip. I'm the one that healed the lame. I'm the one that brought back to life. I'm the one that walked on water. And I'm the one that to the poor, I preach the gospel. He is the one. So if you have your doubts, guys, trust that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he loves you. And he loves you. And he wants us to trade all this stuff, whatever this stuff is, because I know we got it. He wants to trade it all in today 
So you don't want you don't need it anymore. The pains, the addictions, the sorrow, the broken relationships, the failures. You know, it's okay. We've all got them. You just don't need to carry them around. Give them to me. And that's what we've done today. Can I hear amen? Amen. amen. Lord, I thank you so much that you are here. Lord, my prayer is that as this crew here walks, Lord Jesus, they'll walk out refreshed, Lord, as they hear more about your love, Lord, and that everybody today heard this message, Lord, would say, you know what, Lord, here I am. I want to run this race with freedom. I want to run it, Lord, with focus, and I want to run it with faith, Lord, and trust in you and obey above all things. Bless these people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Follow this nice lady here. We're just going to give you guys some resources, get your information so we can pray for you. So just follow them to a little room. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's thank them the whole way, guys. Let's celebrate them the whole way. Amen. Amen. If you're new here, don't leave just yet. We're about to close up. Let's celebrate them the whole way through. We'll have uh, Pastor Vincent close us out. Can we thank Pastor Marcus for bringing the word today? Thank you, brother. Amen. Before we close, I just have a couple brief announcements. Uh, as our church has provided some incredible resources to help you guys run this race together. And one of them um, that is just a powerhouse of what we do is called the Rock School of Ministry. And it's located at our City Heights campus. And it's an incredible resource that we have. It's a great ministry opportunity to take you guys to the next step of, of walking in the fulfillment of what God's called us to do. And that's making disciples. So this school is a five-month program. They start classes on January 23rd. And if you're interested in it, they have biblical teaching. We have hands-on, one-on-one coaching and practical ministry application skills to teach you how to be a better minister of Jesus Christ. So they have a booth out in the lobby. We'd love for you guys to stop by. That's the Rock School of Ministry. Uh, we also have our life class, which is a resource we offer every single week. Come check it out. If you've never been, uh, you'll learn a little bit more about our church, how God's designed you as an individual to be a better witness to those in the kingdom. We also have Saturday morning prayer every Saturday here at 9 a.m. Uh, we're gathering together. If, you, if this life is a race, think of Saturday morning prayer as a, a checkpoint where you get to come together, you get refreshed, we get to worship the Lord, and we're also bringing our requests to God and we're celebrating together with what he's done. As Pastor Marcus mentioned, next week Pastor Miles will be back starting a new series called Our Daily Bread, focusing on prayer and praying for the challenges that we face every day. We'll also be kickstarting our 21-day fast and we'll be talking a little bit more about that and what that means. So we'd love for all of you to participate in that and to see what God has for you. We love you guys. Have a great morning. We'll see you next week.